RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by the number 10. 10 episodes of Picard, 10 episodes of Mission Log Live, 10 p.m. Eastern, which makes it 7 p.m. Pacific. Here we all are again on a Monday night, safer on the internet. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Rekha Sharma. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Your Star Trek pals are here for you. And we are delighted that you have joined us. We made it. We made it to the end of season one of Picard, Human Sense. And any of you have elect, who have elected to have your consciousness downloaded into an artificial body, or any kind of body, you're all welcome is basically what we're saying. Yes, each and every one of you. And as we do every week, we want this show to be about you. And you know how to do that by now. You click on the Zoom meeting link or you use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call us by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering the meeting code that you see on screen or in the notes. And uh, by the way, I mean, I, I'm told right off the bat that we've got like nine people waiting, which is awesome. I, I fully intend to get to everybody. Um, and by the way, before we get into talking to everybody, uh, I don't want to make a rule here. It won't be, it won't be a, a, a strict rule that we stick by, but we're at episode 10. We've got two wrap-up shows for the season coming up. I'll be on next week with Norman, and then the week after that with Phil Plate, the Bat Astronomer, to really talk about the big picture, like the 30,000-foot the view of Picard. So um, I would ask that our callers, if their comments are about the episode, awesome, let's try to stick with that. If they're about the season in general, maybe maybe just a point or two, but call back next week or the week after where we can really take time to yeah. uh, to dig in. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, save yeah. it. Save it, man, yeah. because I have written more notes for this episode <laughs> than I think I've written for any of the other ones. All wow, yet. nice. <laughs> and, and, and I'm a typical, not going to get to any of them because we've got nine callers. I know, and in typical Mission Log fashion, I haven't read any of them. So um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I haven't read yours either. It's half the fun. Nice. That'll be fun for me too. <laughs> cool. Well, if you want to let people know then uh, how they can yes. call in if they want, and then uh, we'll move along. I mean, did you see the end coming for a mile away or did it sneak up on you? Listen, you just got to click the Zoom meeting link or use the one tap or call 669-900-6833. You do that, you talk to Earl, and then you'll talk to us about the card, current events, and you know, let us know how you're doing. Mind you, nine people ahead of you, so hurry up! <laughs> right, uh, and by the way, there are so many people already hanging out in the chat room. I love to see that hey. happening. Uh, there's Robert, there's uh, Kenneth, there's Brian, uh, there's other Brian. I love it when Brian and other Brian show up. Uh, you got Robert, you got Paul, you got Dennis, you got Alan, you got David. I'm sure other David is in there too. There's Lou, uh, there's Chuck, uh, there's uh, James, who will actually be joining us on the call in a little bit. Uh, so many people, even pleased to see that uh, a buddy of mine from back home, Les, is watching the show right now. I haven't talked to Les in a long time. I actually owe him a phone call, but I was doing show prep all day, so... Less. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Uh, we've got uh, John, other John, unless I'm other John, other John is there. 
So, uh, and there's Dave, there's Brian, there's so many people I'm glad to see. Thank you all for joining us. I, I deeply appreciate that, that we're all here to hang out together. Look, we are your Star Trek pals. You are our Star Trek pals. That's Yay. what makes this fun, right? Um, family. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We all need to feel friendship and family right now anyway, all the time, but especially now. Yeah. yeah. So um, we normally do a coming up segment. I already told you what we're doing coming up. I'll have a wrap up next week with me and Norman, then a wrap up with Bill Plate, the Bat Astronomer. And then I'm planning something uh, for the week of April 20th to be a little bit different, a little science oriented because uh, we need that now. So we'll have that happening. Announcements coming soon on that show. Um, hey, Reka, tell us about our poll question from last week, would you? Yes, I would be delighted to. What were you most disappointed that you didn't see in episode nine of Picard was the question. Two options were angry reptilioids or homicidal fungi. <laughs> angry reptilioids came in at 64%. Holy smokes. Homicidal fungi. I mean... Yeah you know, really not in high demand at 36%. I mean, but who doesn't like a homicidal fun guy? I, oh, hey. oh. Is that a Patrick Bateman reference there? I think it was. Uh, this week, we asked you about the wrap-up with Data's, Data's story, his arc. Um, what was a more satisfying Data story? Was it the arc and nemesis? Or was it what we got in at, in Arcadia Ego Part 2? Well, the overwhelming majority, not shocked at all. 83% of you said a much more satisfying data story in at in Arcadia Ego Part 2. Not shocked. Not very, shocked Very, very pleased. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got it right, except for 17% yeah. of you. Everybody. <laughs> yay, yay. Um, I think I just need to jump right into it because we have so many Do people it. waiting. I know they want to talk. I'm just going to blast right through the recap, okay? Okay. Here we go. In Arcadia, Ego, part two. With Narek set free, he goes back to the crash board cube to find, oh, hey, Narissa. Oh, hey, Narek. You're doing a bad job. No, you're doing a bad job. But Narek is going to grab a whole bunch of grenades while he's there. See ya. Back at the ranch, Picard is still in isolation and pleads with Soji one last time to not build the beacon to call upon the other super powerful species of sense. And La Serena, Rios, and Rafi are doing what they can to repair their ship with the little magic device given to them by one of the androids. Did I say magic? Yeah, magic, just like any other sufficiently advanced technology. Rios uses his imagination and, yeah, works, done. So that's resolved. Who should show up? But then Narek throwing rocks to get their attention to see if he can work out some kind of truce. Rios and Rafi hear him out, as does Elnor, who shows up, having tracked Narek when he left the cube. Elnor does not trust Narek, but regardless, they are all a bit freaked out over the Romulan myth Ganmadan. Ganmadan, sure, that's how you say it. More end of the world stuff, a myth that has eerie parallels to what's happening now. All the while, the Romulan fleet is making good time to come wipe out everyone and everything on Capellius. 
before that beacon can be fired up. Commander O is in charge. Commodore O is in charge. And fortunately, during any downtime, she has ample opportunity to soliloquize about their mission. Dr. Girardi is having a time keeping it together in front of Dr. Soong to look like she's helping the synths, but really, she's got something else in mind. When she can, she steals the good eye from Arcana's body and uses it to bypass security into Picard's room. She's going to rescue him and take him right back to La Serena to find the others who aren't there. No, no, the others made it to the synth's home with a bold plan to march in with Narek and use a grenade hidden in a soccer ball to blow up the beacon. <laughs> they'll have to, they'll have a really rough time getting close. Lucky for them, Dr. Sung has had a bit of a change of heart after watching Saga's last memories while downloading her brain. Sutra killed her. That gives the doc a change of heart, and he's ready to help the would-be saboteurs. Sung confronts Sutra. He knows that she was playing on the sense emotions to get them to support her plan. He deactivates her, leaving an opportunity for Rios and Narek to swoop in and blow up that monstrous Frank Gehry-designed beacon. Soji's too fast, though. She's committed. She catches the grenade and disposes it. Game over. As all of this is happening, Picard has been inspired to show, rather than tell the sense, what it means to live up to a principle, to sacrifice for the greater good. He and Dr. Girardi take La Sirena into orbit to greet the oncoming Romulan fleet, even if it will just buy them a little time before Starfleet can hopefully, maybe, get there. Hey, remember that crash board cube? Let's see, who's left there? Well, uh, Seven, of course, she stayed behind. Oh, oh, and Narissa, because for whatever reason, she's still there. Time for a fight. A good one, too, where Seven wins and finally, mercifully, Narissa goes flying down a steep drop, not to be rescued or beamed away to safety. She's gone this time. The Romulan fleet arrives. Orchids are deployed, which slow them down a little. It's not enough, though, of course. Picard and Girardi hatch a plan to use the Picard maneuver. No, no, not that one. The other one to throw them off again by making it look like there are hundreds of La Serena in the sky. Knowing it's probably his last shot, Picard calls Soji and begs her to disable the beacon. He's going to put his life on the line for it. Again, that works, but just for a second before La Serena takes a hit of disruptor fire and spins out of control. The beacon comes to life. The Romulans aim their weapons all over Kalias. Picard seems to lose his focus. Fortunately, the fleet just came in. Starfleet, that is. Led by acting Captain Will Riker, he tells Commodore O that the Federation consider Capellius under their protection, thanks to Picard's opening diplomatic ties. So, O just commands her fleet to warm up their weapons. But over on La Sirena, Picard is getting worse and worse. His neural condition is reaching a critical point. He opens a channel to Soji, to the Federation, to the Romulans. He's begging Soji to make the right choice. He trusts her to show the Romulans that she is not the destroyer. I'll have no choice but to turn around. She does. She shuts it down. I mean, not until we get a glimpse of the really terrifying space tentacle monsters coming through from another dimension. But she closes it. They're gone. We're done here. Goodbye, Romulans. See you another time. And then Jean-Luc Picard dies. 
he shuffles off this mortal coil. He's an ex-admiral. But hold on. While everyone was grieving in their own way, sadly, solemnly, we were just at a super advanced lab where there's a golem and a machine that downloads your consciousness. Hmm. Well, somewhere on the other side of that bright light is Data and Picard in a room talking. Talking about sacrifice and love and marveling at the complex quantum simulation where they find themselves now. Data's memories were saved and are here. But why is Picard? Well, this is a moment until he is downloaded into the body that Sung and Bruce Maddox created. Before Picard goes, though, Data has one final request. End the program. Awaking in his new body, really indistinguishable from the old one, except the brain condition is gone, Picard remembers his old friend and eulogizes him for always being curious and seeing the best in humanity. As the simulation deactivates, Data has a brandy, a rest on a sofa, and listens to Cole Porter as he and everything around him slips away into swirling pixels. Data is gone. Aboard La Serena, our crew reunited. Rios and Sharati share a kiss. Rafi and Seven, well, they're having a drink and holding hands. Soji has decided to go back with them into Federation space now that the synth ban has been lifted. Fortunate also for Picard 2.0. The word is given. Engage the end. Lots of plot, Reka. Lots, Lots going plot. on there. Yes. Hey, um, I, I think we just need to get right into it because we have people holding who have been holding and many more to go after that. Let's hop on over to Chris. Chris, what is up, my friend? Hey, John. Hey, Rekha. Hey. Uh, I called in tonight. I have what might be a very hot and very controversial take to present to the court. Hot okay. take by Chris. <laughs> what right. do you have? All right. Hot takes. Picard should have stayed dead. Oh. Well. Yeah. I. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. What do you think, Rika? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I get why he's saying that. Uh, but I, I, I want you to say why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, to me, Picard's whole arc this season has been, you know, he's ruminating on this one big failure that happened two decades ago. He failed to like fight hard enough for the synths and so he's just been wallowing in that and he gets a chance to make that right and I think it's really telling that we get that scene way back in episode two where he and Scar Stargazer Doctor are having a fireside chat and he first learns about his brain tumor and Stargazer guy's like you, you're gonna die man. Do you really want to go back out into dangerous, dangerous space when you've got a year tops, and the card says yes, more than ever. His whole trajectory this season has been: if I get to do one more thing in my life, I'm going to fix this, even if it means laying down my life to fix it. And I think he knows one way or another that's the way it was going to end. I think there's also some nice sort of book-ending symmetry that 20 years ago. Data sacrificed himself to save Picard, and here we have Picard sacrificing himself to metaphorically, and perhaps a little physically, save Data's daughter. So I think that would have been a nice 
really nice bookend. I also want to say, I don't think you have to, you know, get rid of Patrick Stewart. There are ways you could have him back, but I do think Picard, the character, should have stayed dead. That bringing him back, and especially bringing him back so soon, sort of cheapens the sacrifice of that moment. Boom. Hot take by Chris. What, what do you think, Rekha? I I get what you're saying. I what what I like about the fact that he doesn't die, and I 100% agree with you. Um, but I don't think it is cheapened because of the fact that um, you know he says that speech. That's why I save your life, so you can save ours in return. That's the whole point. That's why we're here to save each other. And then what ends up saving him? but synth technology, the very thing that everybody was so afraid of. You know, um, there's that moment where we think he's about to die and and Dr. Gerardi has no uh, other idea. She can't think of anything better. And it's Soji who's like, nope, take Anita's beaming you out of there because she knows what to do. She knows there's another possibility. So it's using one's imagination to come up with a solution that I think is like a win-win solution where everybody wins. And that's sort of the, the whole point that I think the finale makes. And I love. Uh, I, I see both of your points. Um, I kind of wish that from a production point of view, we hadn't known that Picard had gotten renewed for a second season before we saw this yeah. finale. Yeah. I really, really took away from it. And also to sort of telegraphing, hey, we have a golem. Hey, you can put a consciousness into this thing. Mm-hmm. Really uh, kind of led us to that point. I also feel like, um, you know, a lot of popular entertainment does this now, but Star Trek is really bad about it which is we're going to kill a character and then bring that character back. And if we do... Yeah, <laughs> right? my, my entire existence. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, oh to bring, sorry to bring back those memories, Rika. Um, but, you, you know, I, and sometimes you have to let things sit and have meaning and realize they're not just going to come back. I, I did a guest spot on a podcast that will be out a few weeks from now where we talked about The Wrath of Khan. And how interesting that was that when you saw that movie in 1982, Spock was dead. And you had to wait at least two years, I guess. Yeah, Search for Spock came out in 84 to know how that was going to resolve itself. And that was a big deal because we weren't used to just killing off a character and then that character coming back literally in the same story. Now we do that a lot. And it's not just Star Trek, but we do that a lot. I had kind of, part of me had hoped that the Picard series or or the season would just be one complete story that ends with sending that character off. And and that's how you send them off. And we just tell a complete story beginning to end that doesn't get to continue just because we have a technology to make it continue. However... Reka, I like your case for how thematically his quote-unquote resurrection falls into what happened. Um, So I I don't disagree with how thematically that's really nice, but I I think just from a production point of view, 
I, um, I, I, I like your hot take, Chris, and I don't think you're alone I, out there. No, and, and I, you know what, John, I, I feel like you just came up with the solution. Too bad you weren't in the writer's room. But um, I feel like if they had ended it with Picard dying, and then, and then next season we get to see, oh, actually, no, he was saved, then we still get that theme carried through, but we would have been able to have that kind of uh, satisfaction of that sacrifice. And, Interesting, and, yeah. You know, maybe that would have been the way to do it, best of both worlds. Ooh, to point a phrase, yes. Uh, I like that a lot. Hey, Chris, I, I know that we could do this all night, but uh, we got other people standing by. A any parting shot for us here before you go? Uh, no, just wanted to, to promote my hot take. Um, Love yeah, it. Thank you, both of you guys. And yeah, maybe I'll call back in next week and we can have some more discussions about this. Excellent, man. Thank you so much. You have a great night, okay? Yeah, you too, man. All right, take care. Hey, uh, going next to Cosmo. By the way, uh, Cosmo, don't want to share too much here. Uh, if I'm out of step, I apologize. Cosmo father to twins just born uh what uh, uh, two weeks ago to, uh, 10 days oh wait we, we don't have you on the audio we need to unmute you uh oh there you're still muted muted unmuted there we go now you're unmuted all right uh, uh march 19th was when they were born and it's oh, i love it Thank you. A boy and a girl, Cade and Cecilia are their names. And uh, it's been really weird with the coronavirus lockdown in Los Angeles getting yes. there. Uh, we're yes. lucky that um, the hospital is only allowing one parent per day per child. But we got twins. So they're, for now, <laughs> allowing both of us to go in there. Uh, but other families, okay. only the mom or the dad can go in per right. day. It's really rough. Um, wow. Wow. And twins are both doing real well. Uh, they did not seem interested when I tried to tell them with the card recap. Uh, how dare they? That, that's um, so weird. Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> and James, my little five-year-old, is chomping at the bit. He's like, why haven't I been able to see Picard? Well, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, you get stressed out by some TOS episodes. I, I'm not going to let you see Picard yet. When he's um, older, when he's older. And like, yeah. how many F-bombs this episode? Jeez, Louise. Yeah. How many F-bombs, decapitations? Yeah. Um, oh. we'll, okay. we'll wait for a little while. I might yeah. show him Riker showing up. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> let's see, where to start? Um, following up on what you guys were just talking about, do you think Jean-Luc would have liked being put in a synthetic body um it's not like in tapestry where he was randomly shot and uh found q in the afterlife and he was taken jean-luc seemed really at peace with his decision to sacrifice himself for this cause and then to be woken up and put in a synth body um i'm not sure if he would have reacted so uh, positively and there's a lot of room for us to go in season two does he still have a soul uh, there's lots of interesting questions that can be posed now um, but I, I, I hate the nature of marketing that we knew that season two is greenlit already because that whole 10 minutes where Rafi and everybody's mourning Picard I'm saying there's season two so this is all maybe yeah. 
uh, and but that's just the nature of the beast nowadays. Um, but did you do you think Jean Luc would have been so okay with it? Ooh, man, that that is a good question. You know, I, if Star Trek has shown us anything, it's that um, toying with that kind of technology rarely ever ends well. What are little girls made of? And, you know, we we kicked off early season one with a story where putting human consciousness into android bodies does not go well for anybody, <laughs> you know? Picard was pretty mad that, uh, <laughs> that that scientist was in Data's body. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, and then we, we all kind of looked askance at uh, the programming in uh, Data's mom uh, when she turned out to be an android. Um, so, I, you know, that, that's the tough question. I, I think obviously they have to approach this in season two. And I do agree with you that I think it's a good sort of existential philosophical question mm-hmm. to, uh, to bandy about. I, I think that's a wonderful thing for Star Trek to take on. We've talked about on a mission log before, just to say like, hey, are, are we, and I would fall on this side that, you know, consciousness is, is the meat between our ears doing its job. Um, and I know that uh, Ken, you know, I have to talk to him about this too, would say, yeah, take my neural patterns, download them, put them wherever, in a box, in a body, whatever, just keep it going. <laughs> we'll just see, to see how long we can uh, keep that running. But I think what you're hitting on here, Cosmo, is a question about consent. You know, given a choice, would Picard have wanted that? Um, it's hard to see who wouldn't want that, but he was doing something very specific. He was, he was ending this mission with self-sacrifice. So hard to say. I, I, I wonder if they would have even talked about this in the writer's room or with Patrick Stewart because, hey, let's face it, he's a producer on this show and he gets to have some creative input too. Rekha, any ideas there? Um, I mean, my only uh, thought really is, you know, I, I, I had the same feeling when I was watching the episode. I had the same question come up for me. Like, would he be so cool with this? He seems really cool with this really fast. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of a struggle with it. I think that would and be more true. I think we can chop a lot better. of that up to just the compactness of that two last two hours. And uh, can anybody tell me what happened to Narek? Last time I saw him, they all got tackled and scuffled with the sense before when they tried to do the grenade thing. I don't think we saw him again, did we? No, I think, yeah, I think we didn't. And I want to say, I can't remember if Michael Shaban said anything about that when he did a Q&A the other day. I'll have to go back and, and look at that. Um, I assume cutscene, yeah. probably uh, yeah, Commander yeah. O yeah. beamed him up, but that was just an odd thing. And it was so compact. So I'm sure if they would have had four hours, we would have seen Picard grapple with it a little bit more, but it was yeah. pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. Um, couple quick uh let's see i'll start with the positives i loved every second of Riker. um i i just adored seeing him on the bridge in a uniform not in the pizza man outfit um (laughs) i loved uh i I love seven i I know there's some people on the internet complaining that she was drinking alcohol and that's against her character it's been 20 years since she 
Yeah, yeah, she's seen a lot of crap. Who cares? Been through a lot. It's it yeah, has been through her. a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I did. I read what Shimon said about how the, the handholding between Rafi and Seven was based off of a little chemistry they had when Rafi handcuffed Seven in the Casino Planet episode. That totally went over my head. I didn't catch up on any of that. I didn't and, catch uh, that either. Yeah. I and forgot so about that, that. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. And, I didn't um, at the time. So that came like out of left field. But again, I don't care. And it, Seven, who was, you know, her development stopped when she was, uh, what, six years old. She's going to fall in love with whoever. So, I, again, uh, internet outrage about that. Um, but I, I love, love the is seven love, moments. Love man. Love yeah. is love. Yeah, yeah exactly. the internet, the internet can take a hike. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And um, I, I wish the board cube would have done something. I, I got so excited in the previous episode when it came out of the subspace thing. And I said, yes, the board cube's going to, uh, the orchid took it down and then it never got up. So that, that bummed me out. Um, and then the, uh, the Starfleet fleet all being one kind of ship kind of bummed me out. And the fact we never even got a hero shot of Riker's ship to get a good look at it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did do. go back and uh, freeze frame some of that. There, there are like a couple of designs in there, maybe like three, but they were not shot well. They were not presented well. I, I agree. I mean, for me, it's one of those things where, okay, once you have more than 50 ships on screen or whatever, I don't, sure, it's 200, whatever. It's just a lot. And that, yep. that doesn't heighten the drama for me to just have more and more and more and more. Right. And, um, but you look back to, you're just getting there now with Deep Space Nine, they managed to do it. And it was yeah. so cool seeing a Miranda, an Excelsior, an ambassador in that Deep Space Nine fleet. And I know now it's digital. It's not just throwing an old redressed model. Uh, so that would have been really expensive, but I freeze framed it too. And I was disappointed by the yeah. lack of detail there. And then last uh, question to pose to you guys. So this whole season started off with Romulan Empire is decimated. They're all in different factions, scattered, uh, kind of like the Bajorans were. Um, um, and yet they're able to pull out the, the Tal Shiar or the Vajash, uh, 218 warbirds. That's not too bad for a, a decimated culture with uh, right. yeah. living on the, the moon <laughs> desert planet with the cafe. So uh, right. I found that a little, a little odd, but uh, that's, you know, that's a than, very good point. Yeah, all I can see is replicators, man. Replicators. <laughs> and Romulan work ethic. We got it. Yep. Um, and uh, that, so that, that's it for me. Um, I just went to a, a local restaurant. We're on lockdown here in Los Angeles. They're still doing takeout. The governor said we can take out alcohol. So I got two margaritas to go. So I encourage nice. everybody to support the local restaurants because they're hurting like all of us. And uh uh, yeah, and thank you for the podcasting content in these uh, dark, stuck-at-home times. Yeah, and w while Thanks. you're mentioning this, you know, um, it's always an option to buy a gift certificate to a restaurant mm -hmm. if you don't feel comfortable going there. Just cash it in when things are better. Mm -hmm. But they Absolutely. can do the money now. Right on to that. Hey, Cosmo, thank you so much uh, for everything and for the comments and the great tip. And uh, congratulations once again. And uh, we'll say goodnight for now, but uh, we'll, we'll be back, okay? Been a pleasure, guys. Bye-bye. All right, thank take care. You.
Hey, uh, standing by, uh, where is he? Where, where'd he go? Benjamin. Benjamin is uh, with us now, and hopefully, he, yeah, there we go. He is unmuted. How are you doing hey, tonight, Benjamin? I'm doing well. Um, fortunately for me, my work usually looks like social distancing anyway on a normal day. Uh, <laughs> I work by myself. Wait, which, uh, which pinball machine are you working on now? Oh, this is a uh, 1978 uh, Gottlieb Joker Poker. They made two versions of this. They made a, an electromechanical version and an electronic version. And so the EM version is like with the little score wheels that flip around yeah. you know, physically. This is one of those. It's a pretty rare machine. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine has had this in the family since 1978 when it was made. And it really, 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 really needed a, a restoration job badly. So I'm in the process of repainting most of the, uh, I just did all the whites on this and have been uh, weeding out the masking as you've been talking. That is the coolest. It's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, right. it's a great thing to do if you're stuck at home and have literally nowhere to go. So. <laughs> Very cool. So, hey, what can we chat about tonight? Well, I'm going to keep it brief because, you know, I really have a lot more to say about the show as a whole than I do about this episode in particular. Um, okay. So I, I would love to come back on next week and talk Please about do. other things. Um, and just for the sake of getting in a, a couple minutes, um, I, can we just talk about how disappointing the Romulan thing has been in this whole arc? I, I, that started out with such amazing promise. And then, you know, Narek is just sort of like there and I don't really care about him. They tried to make us care about him in Oh, oh, cheerful and sad. And his sister is the Baroness from G.I. Joe and never became more compelling at any point. I, I, I agree. I, I wrote down, I was like over it. I did not care one iota when she gets killed. It's too black and white. It's not yeah. real boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was fine with it. I was like, okay, good. We won't have to deal with her anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, and uh, it might be, it might be a thing for next week. Um, there are a lot of things I wanted to talk about, uh, which we don't have time for, but I want. Oh man, Benjamin, you're breaking up. Mm -hmm. I am? Am I back? Yeah, yeah. It's like the beginning of a $6 million man. He's breaking up, he's breaking up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just, you know, ideas like this uh, Romulan Benny Gesserit sisterhood type of thing, um, <laughs> in, which I'm all for. I thought that was really compelling. In Next Gen, that would have been something that you got introduced to at one point, and then a bunch of episodes later or a season later, we come back to it and we do a deep dive into that. And I feel like the plottedness of this season-long arc story, we got 10 episodes, we got to like cover all this ground and have all this intrigue and wrap it all up. Oh, oh we lost him again. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, I... Yeah, I'll just, I'll sort of latch onto that real quick and say, yeah, as far as the Romulans go, with what we got with Nerissa, absolutely, just come on, mustache twirling villain. I don't think you can sustain that. You can't sustain that over 10 episodes. That drove me crazy. But the deeper, more interesting ideas about the Romulans could have and should have been carried out much longer. And this will probably be a seasonal note that I'll have as well when we yeah. talk about that. It seems like there are certain elements that they would pick and choose where I go, wow, that would have been great to really explore for 10 episodes. 
but then why did they take this other thing and force it to be stretched out 10 episodes when it didn't need to be? I agree 100%. The, the choices made on some of those just baffled me. Yeah, um, yeah I thought yeah. we were going to get this big juicy idea and then it was just kind of left on the table and then yeah. kind of walked away from it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, um, call us back. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I never, ever want to cut things short with you, uh, but the connection is being insane. Absolutely. We'll try it again next week. All right, man. Take care. Get back to that machine. There. <laughs> okay. See you. Take care, Rachel. Take care. Bye. Bye. Standing by, friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of yours, Reka, it's James Kerwin. Woohoo! How yeah. are you tonight, James? How's it going, man? Not bad. Not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. Good to see Welcome. you guys. Welcome. Um, so, <laughs> one thing that I feel, uh, uh, you know, we bring up these issues of consent, which I think is an incredibly important issue. Incredibly important. What was, what was in Picard's will? Did he have any type of end of life wishes? Did he have a do not resuscitate order? Did he have anything that would in any way, shape or form indicate to Soong and Gerardi that he would want his consciousness copied into a golem? I mean, these are, these are questions that the show completely just glossed over and didn't answer at all. But there's also a deeper question here. Um, And this is one that the philosopher David Chalmers tends to pose and uh, Stuart Hameroff, who is a doctor at University of Arizona, discusses this a lot as well, which is continuity of consciousness. If that's the, the golem Picard is not Picard. Picard died. They didn't, doubt, they didn't move his consciousness into a golem. They copied it. The same yeah. with data. That's not data in the computer. Data died. They made a copy of data's consciousness inside that computer. So while, while the new Picard has all of Picard's memories and he feels like he's Picard, where's the continuity of consciousness there? Mm-hmm. Um, and for that matter, why wasn't Data put into a new body? I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no, if they were able to, to restore Data's entire neural pattern from the one neuron in B4, which is a stretch, but fine, whatever. <laughs> um, why didn't they put him in a new body? These synths obviously were making tons of synths. They were making tons of synth bodies. Soong and Maddox could have easily made a new data body, and, and they didn't. And what I feel ab- about the show, about, and this is something that's been true with Picard in general, is that it leaves these lingering questions that the episodes themselves do not answer. Mm-hmm. And then the showrunner goes on line the next day and says, okay, well, you can ask me questions. And then the fans go, okay, well, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? He says, oh, here's why. And then everyone's satisfied. Yeah. I feel like that sets a very dangerous precedent. Yes. Because, because yes. are we now saying we can make television seasons, we can make films that are not self-contained, that do not answer their own questions, that leave things that make no sense and have no explanation, but it's okay because the writer will go online the next day and tell you all of those things and fill them in for you. Yeah. That's like, that's like almost a transmedia thing. Now you can't actually just watch the show and understand what happened. You've got to go on to his Q and A's the next day to figure out what the hell happened. And I think that just, I mean, I appreciate him doing that for the fans and I appreciate the, the, the effort, but I feel like it's establishing a weird, weird precedent that we've never really seen in television before, you know? That's yeah. my 
that is so many good points, James. Like, but I mean, one thing is like then, you know, to explain all those details, does it become too expositional? If you've only got, I mean, part of what we're dealing with here is short seasons. I mean, back in the day, you well, know, couldn't they have, episodes, yeah. episodes a season. Now you've only got 10 to complete an arc. I mean, even one line of dialogue explaining why data couldn't have been transferred into a new body. Oh, you know, it's, there's, it's, there's something corrupted. It has a reason for that, but. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I just feel like there are ways, there are ways um, that that could have been um, addressed very, it's, it's the old, um, it's the old story when they were making Frasier with Kelsey Grammer, where there was a Frasier episode where it was established that Frasier hates wine clubs. Uh -huh. And then there is another episode several seasons later where they wrote it to say, um, oh, he, Frazier's joining this great prestigious wine club and he can't wait. And Kelsey Grammer pointed out, wait a minute, no, uh, three years ago, I yeah. said, that they, so they wrote a line of dialogue. Hey, I thought you hated wine clubs. I hate the ones that don't invite me. So <laughs> like, but, but with one humorous line of dialogue, they were able to fix a plot point like that. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's yeah. just good writing, you know. And I feel yeah. like if if they if they had just, again, I like that he's going online and, and interacting with the fans. God bless him for doing that. But it it does feel to me like there are so many dangling threads every week in this show. So yeah. not to say I don't like the show, I really enjoy it. But it really, I've never seen a TV show that leaves more things hanging, unexplained than this one does. I, I have to agree with you, and and there's a difference between leaving things ambiguous for your imagination versus doing things that just seem completely out of step that it that is this hanging thread that doesn't need to be um a, a little ambiguity is fine a little bit of asking some imagination out of the audience is fine but when you've you know, again you've got 10 episodes to build us up to this point you can actually start to lay the groundwork because you know you're going to land there anyway. It seems careless to not have important things like that taken care of and either have to rely on some other interview that I read or just say sort of the blow-off answer, oh, just wait till season two. Well, right. I, I, are you really going to cover all this in season two? By the way, one thing uh, about Picard uh, 2.0, the Picard in the Gollum not being Picard, I agree with you. And uh, uh, Dave Taylor uh, online says, uh, again, transporters do that all the time. And uh, we had a, a great conversation, many conversations about that on Mission Log saying, um, yeah, I mean, uh, transporters, we, we've used as Deus Ex Machina many times in Star Trek to either reverse age Dr. Pulaski or, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. cure a, a disease, solve a problem because you're starting out with a brand new thing that that original person who started out on the transporter pad is torn apart atom by atom probably more fun than it sounds and then um a a new version is constructed elsewhere but to your point james yes to to your consciousness quote unquote you feel the same it feels like you 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 maintain all the memories that you had but it's not you it is a new version of you. And hopefully, if I had my vote, I would say, yes, you asked if Picard had a DNR or, or a will or whatever. My will will say, um, make all heroic efforts to put my consciousness or a copy of my neural patterns into a robot body. 
no matter how much it costs. So, <laughs> but also yeah. give that robot body superpowers, which they yes. did use to Picard. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they didn't give him an, an extra 10 or 20 years. They didn't give him superpowers, just one superpower. Come on, just one. <laughs> That's all you need, like a bionic eye or something. Yeah. yeah. No, get it, man. Uh, great points, James. Anything well, like, else tonight? He wanted that oh. one eye, so he's going to have to wear some weird glasses, too, you know, to deal with the... I, Steve Austin was okay with it. Six million dollar man only, oh, yeah, had, had, in his right eye. Yeah, he only had one bionic eye. I yeah. don't know what I'm talking about. So. Listen, <laughs> if I, I wish I had had this conversation, you know, five years ago when James and I first met. Because I would have liked to have known that I was a completely new human being when I was getting transported on mm. uh, Star Trek Continues there. Yeah. So, so that moment very differently. Yeah, in every scene, you would have been completely, a, a little bit of a different Avi Samara Brand from new, the one that you were Brand yeah. new Avi. I'm glad I didn't tell you that. Yeah. Well, it's like we say, you know, out of all the mirror universes, all, out of all the possibilities of mirror universes, they just keep going back to the same one. Or I want to see them going to a mirror universe where everything is the same except six inches to the left. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's how you know it's different. <laughs> everything six inches to the left uh james thank you so much pal for calling Thanks, guys. In. All, right, all right we'll see you soon take care we'll talk to you soon ciao all right next up we have steve who has been waiting patiently to chat with us steve how are you doing tonight i am very well thank you john good Excellent. morning to you and raker from the very northeast of england Ooh. good morning oh you stayed up very late or very early I've stayed up very early for a few times recently. Yeah. It's always been worth it. Thank you very much, my Star Trek pals. 2 a.m., what is it? Um, I don't want to look, Raker. <laughs> Have a look. I'm not allowed to go outside tomorrow morning anyway, so exactly what time it is doesn't really make much difference. Irrelevant. Who knows what day it is, what time. Exactly. All that goes out the window. We're living on Gene Roddenberry time. Yes. <laughs> so my point was, um, and I was kind of surprised that I wanted to say this. My teenage self would have watched that final episode and seen them lining up for that potential battle and Riker throwing down and having the great smash talking line about wanting to take on that Romulan fleet, which I loved. Don't get yes. me wrong. I yes. loved that. But Teenage Me wanted that big battle. But if I've, if I've taken anything from the character of Jean-Luc Picard, I was delighted that the battle didn't happen. Mm. That he prevented it. I and love that. Yes. Isn't that just Star Trek? Isn't that just Jean-Luc Picard? Isn't that the whole point? Yes. He gave everything to stop that happening. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about the big battles in DS9 with the Dominion War. and I enjoyed all of that, but that's Picard. Stop people fighting each other. Stop people dying find a different way through it. There's always another way through it. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, Steve, I cannot tell you how happy I am that you called in with that note. I actually, I took a similar note. Uh, I made sort of a column of things that I loved, things that I did not love in this episode. But mm. one of the things that I loved was that we did not end up with a fight, that we didn't yeah. end up with a big battle because yet yeah, Picard did everything he could to prevent that from happening, even sacrificing himself only to be reborn in a golem, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but yes, but sacrificing everything to say you try and then you try again and then you try again and then you try again. Um, it was absolutely a Star Trek message. So thank you for noticing that and, and expressing that very eloquently in this call. It was the, the whole point. And ultimately, we kind of knew because the season was renewed for season two that it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the point was he prevented the massive battle and other people dying. Yes. Yes. So well said. Um, I, I got nothing to add to that unless you do, Reka. I do no. not. Good oh, yeah. morning to you all. Loved it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I have a big cup of coffee to get you for the rest of your day. Take care. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep. Okay, yeah. go to sleep then. <laughs> Cheers. Take Bye. care. Bye, 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 Steve. Bye. Okay, next up we have Eric. Eric, you are on. How's it going? It's going all right, John. I can actually get on the screen this time. Um, so nice. Yeah. Love that shirt, too. Oh, thank you. Yes. I uh, thought I should put Very it on cool. since I'm finally going to be in the, this, these days of social distancing and everyone on Zoom. I finally love it. Yes. Dress appropriately. Um, so... I was a bit disappointed in the, um, well, with TNG, Star Trek evolved its stance on artificial intelligence data. I was hoping that, they, that by now they would have, it would have evolved its stance on transhumanism. And, but you talked about this slightly with James, about the no superpowers, no extra 20 years. He could only get he could only get a, a a slight extension to his life. The only difference being is that he doesn't have that that neuro problem. Uh, that so that's one small, slight problem that I have. I I wish they could have done they could have embraced that a bit more. Um, if they're gonna if they had to do it at all. But I also have a big problem with with when data had to say about how that life is valuable because it's finite. I wish we could get away from the idea that things are valuable because of how scarce or limited they are and appreciate value based on what things are and what they do for us. And I think that a I mean, I guess it's not post-scarcity society anymore in Star Trek, but it used to be that with the, uh, that we thought about Star Trek as being a future where people could get past this idea that that value is 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 gotten or is appreciated through things being limited and and, and having to fight over resources. Um. um Go ahead, Rika. No, 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 please. You first. You first. Um, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying. I love that you 
want to reach for something um, that isn't about scarcity and limited and fighting for over patient. Uh, yeah. I, I love that idea. And I, and I, but I'm going to say, I don't think that's the point. Um, I, the name of the episode is, you know, E.T. and Arcadia, and Arcadia refers to a vision of pastoralism and harmony with nature. So you hear you have this place that is about being in harmony with nature, and what is one of the things that we know about nature? Well, there's a few things, but everything changes, and death and rebirth are probably the thing that we know the most about nature. Everything dies. There is four seasons. You know, the, the foliage dies off the trees. It comes back. Um, so I don't think that it's uh, limited in its finiteness. I think the nature of the world is that things die and are reborn. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, for what that's worth. And I do think there is a preciousness in that. I do think that that adds value and and in that i don't think we should be afraid of or running to hold on to things because it's actually totally normal and natural for them to go um yeah er eric and, and reka i would even say that um i i kind of i almost want to do this as not even a live show, but but have a moral philosopher come on and do a uh, mission log supplemental about it. Um, because Eric, I, I think I see partly what you're saying, which is that, yeah, when we look at resources in a way that, that they are precious or not precious based on their mm -hmm. scarcity, um, I, I, I do get that part of it, I really do. And Star Trek has this uh, this world where things, objects, um, inanimate objects, don't have the value on them that they do today. Today, we, oh, well, you know, gold is valuable because we say it is, and we just all sort of agree on that because it's rare. Um, and theoretically, in Star Trek's future, you can replicate what you need, so you don't have to put an artificial value on things. Philosophically, I, I part ways, though, um, simply, uh, basically because of what you were saying, Reka, which is that there's something that I find disturbing about the idea of immortality or uh, just a, a life that goes on and on and on, even in different versions or an afterlife or whatever, uh, because then it sort of takes the onus off of what we do now and the time that we have now, the people that we interact with now, and our responsibility to our lives now. And I, I hope that that's part of the message that came through with that, is that for data, it would be, it, it would lose meaning to just constantly be on this loop in this space. Even if you downloaded him into a new body and you could keep doing that ad infinitum, and he would live another thousand years, and then another thousand years, and then another thousand years. Well, what then becomes the point after that if all those days just add up? Um, it's a little harder for us to put ourselves in his shoes, but as human beings, we are acutely aware of our finiteness. And, and the, 
also the finiteness of, of each moment. It's not necessarily about things or beings, but also just like, I'm never going to have this moment again. So can I be present to it? Can I really enjoy it and be here with you wonderful people? You know, if it keeps going on and on and on, then I might not appreciate it so much. I, I sort of remember Leonard Nimoy's last tweet before he passed away. And I, I know that I won't get the wording exactly right, but bear with me. Uh, perfect memories can be had, uh, but not saved except in memory. And I, I, I love that idea that he's acknowledging that, yeah, yes, we, we have perfect moments and we, we have amazing, profound connections as humans and, and all of these, but they're not forever. They can't be forever, but we get to experience them through memory and then share those memories with other people who also get to do the same thing. Um, I, 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 I need a supplemental for this. We seriously. I know. I, I feel so bad, Eric, because I, I really, I want us all to like call in and, and, and actually do a show where, where we're not trying to, uh, you know, watch the clock because I, I think this is really interesting grounds for a much longer talk. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe we'll find the time to call in again and talk about it. So you, if you decide on whether that's going to be that you're going to talk about this, about this and then, or whenever you get the, the philosophers back on. Absolutely. Yeah. Eric, shoot me an email or, or uh, shoot the group an email, uh, missionlog at roddenberry.com. And um, I, I've, I've got in mind somebody who we might be able to bring in, a couple of people to bring in. Great to, topic. Uh, to talk Thank about. You. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks so Good much. Topic. Take care. You too. Man, yeah. it got deep. That's so cool. I love it when that happens on the show. Yeah. It gets deep. We have great callers and great questions. Um, yeah. Hey, Reka, it's uh, it's about three minutes until we wrap. I think we have four more people hanging on. Can we go a little bit long tonight? Let's go longer tonight. Yeah, there we yeah. go. That's what I want to hear. Hey, <laughs> uh, looks like standing by, we have Paul joining us now. Paul from from somewhere far away in the cosmos. How are you tonight, Paul? Just fine, thank you. How are you guys cool. doing? Great. Good. Thank you. Good. I'm having fun with the Zoom background, so. I love it. Awesome. Oh, you just switched again. <laughs> nice. Well, what's on your mind tonight, Paul? Uh, planet sterilization pattern number five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my note, my note was, um, I want to know what one through four. Are yeah, really, are they not good enough? I mean, come yeah. on, you know, you have to go with number five. How many of them are there? I mean, just. Is this your exactly. favorite? Well, you know. uh, okay, and, and please, for, for all that is right with the world, please tell me that they had a Plan 9. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> from, from outer space. Please, <laughs> please tell me. Please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that was, that was one big thing. But Good. I did want to, what else did I write in my little notes here? Um, I did notice that, you know, Data needs a lore, just as Soji needs a sutra. Oh, yes, yes, very good. So anyway, I don't want, you've got two more other people waiting, so I'm going to keep moving along. I just wanted to, you've had some very deep conversations, and 
Oh, is that it? To well, it up a little bit. <laughs> well, I do love it. Paul, you always send very interesting insights uh, to our Facebook page. I thank you for that. I thank you for calling in from the surface of the sun. Yeah. Um, very well done. And, uh, and thank nice you. Time. Thank you so much. We'll see you Paul. soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. And it looks like we've got Brian standing by, otherwise known as BC, the man with the hats although not wearing a hat tonight. Brian, welcome to the show. Ah, greetings from uh, the deck of La Serena here. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah, I was just trying to clean up the place. You know, there's like cigar ash on everything <laughs> around here. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, at least it's easy to get a drink around there, though. So True. You know. True. Okay, well, as usual, uh, here at 9.59, or 7.59, 8 o'clock, um, most people have covered things I want to say. I know you don't want to get into the deep stuff, but uh, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. No mention of Juliana, you know, Data's mom. But likewise, yeah. there's been no mention of Lore, which is probably for the best, but it's kind of a, he's hanging out there. He's in the drawer under B4 at the Daystrom Institute. No <laughs> one wants to touch him. No one wants to. So I'm still wondering if we uh, still have some, uh, some exploring to do with uh, you know, it, it is interesting. We we never got a name check of Laura. We never got a name check of Lal either, did we? I don't oh, think we did. Yeah, like it, three. It, it just yeah, <laughs> three words that weren't mentioned at all. Yeah, it just seems strange that that you wouldn't sort of. I I, I understand where maybe from the writer's perspective they thought, well, maybe this is too much minutia, but it is a sort of obvious. Like there were other experiments here. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. you know, then if you wedge them all in to what we've already determined is far too short of a a season or a series run, then uh, I don't know. Kind of it, it's interesting. Answer. Carrie in the chat says, <laughs> "I was convinced that Alton was Lore," and I that saw that. Yes. Yeah, I saw that propagated out there a little bit. I, I wonder from both of you. Um, did either of you think that it was too sudden that Alton is just sort of the good guy there to help? Or did you feel like they were building him up to be not what he seems? What, what did you make of that? It, it felt a little too soon to me, but yeah. there was a pretty pivotal moment for him. Too soon? I saw what you did there. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Brian. What do you think? Um, he was kind of a 11th hour addition. And of course, he, he brought the Gollum along with him, which kind of made you go, oh, yeah, Dying Picard, Gollum. It kind of semaphored that a little bit in my mind. I kind of saw how it was going to turn out. But yeah, um, I don't know. I guess they, you know, they had Brent Spiner on retainer and they had to do something more with him. <laughs> and... I don't think it was that, honestly. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Well, it's lovely. It's always lovely to see him. Um, <laughs> I kept calling him Alton Brown soon. Um, <laughs> well, you sure can cook, you know. That was, yeah. that was the line when Picard pops out of the Easy Bake, right? It's like, can I cook or can I? <laughs> anyway, I'll let you guys go. I think there's uh, one or two more people. Well, thanks so much, Brian. It's good to see you. We'll uh, we'll do this again. Okay. Take care, man. Bye. All right. It, it wouldn't be Mission Log Live without the Vice Admiral. 
visited by uh, by someone who outranks all of us. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Vice Admiral. And thanks for Don hanging Rekha. on. Hey, anytime. Good to see you both. Likewise. Good to see you in the office, John. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Felt good to get out today. So, um, Every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But believe me, not, not often. Um, so what's on your mind about uh, our finale here for Picard? Well, uh, I think the thing that we haven't, that nobody's been, and I'm not going to do it either tonight. We're not going to talk about, I think, the whole ending with Data tonight, because it's going to take a while to really yeah. unpack yeah. that emotionally, I think. But So I'm going to let that wait till in one of the next two weeks. And instead, I'm going to say this. As we were talking about Alton there for a minute, or A.I. Sung, as his initials are, uh, the uh. question is, um, the whole thing, the whole show, the whole moment for Soji was that Picard was giving her the choice to, you know, so they could save each other. But why was it only her? Why was it? her sister gets turned off with, you know, with, mm. Oh, look, I have an off switch for you. Here you go. And yes, she did murder one of the other, one of her sisters, but that was just so quick to go between, you know, the week before when Sutra was the big bad all of a sudden mm. and all, and then Alton just walks up and says, yep, yep. I'm going to make this choice for you and see how she does. Wow. Yeah. And you know, that, that sort of not only does it imply that the androids are just machines they're they're you know oh gosh where have i heard the term toasters before they're just things that can be you know plugged in or unplugged but it also implies uh, a level of ownership then that that soon owns them and owns their agency and can do with them as he pleases you know, that, that there's something. Yeah. Now, I think uh, the difference would be between yeah. the ones from the earlier generation that all look like they have the, the skin tones and eyes of, mm -hmm. of data. And then the other ones that have more human flesh. tones. I think there's probably a difference there. Maybe the, 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 the later ones, the uh, Soji ones do not have that. But yes. Yeah. The, the ones who uh, are, are indistinguishable from humans because they, they are flesh and blood but they are manufactured as opposed to mechanically built like data or like the F8s or, or um, what Sutra was. Yeah. yeah but, but Sung definitely took courage in COA. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. I didn't even think about that because, you know, we, we saw data reveal that he has an on off switch, but then I think he only told what two people about it, <laughs> something like that, because, and he even made the point, like, if you had an on-off switch, you wouldn't let anybody know either. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. But that, that does raise sort of an ethical question about Sung, um, who we were led to believe maybe is not entirely what he seems, but then he turned out to be pretty okay. Maybe that's more to be explored in season two. I don't know. Maybe. We also, a couple of, you know, there's, there's, there's always the lowest plot holes. Where's, uh, where's Narek, right? <laughs> yeah, although uh, yeah. people in the chat did mention, oh, yeah, there was and talk. Uh, Earl said, yeah, that the Narek was handed over to Starfleet security, um, but we, yeah. You we mean Commodore O? Get that in the end. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> They're so good with their security, right? Okay, why, um, why was Commodore O, who has spent presumably decades working her way up to be the head of Starfleet security, just all this goes down, it's like, 
yep, yeah, I'm just going to go back and uh, take my title in the uh, Romulan uh, force and show up commanding this fleet of over 200 ships. Like, how? Uh, huh? no, that at least I think I get. I think this is like the culmination of her life's work, right? And and the life's work of several generations of, of the Javash before her. And she thought, well, uh, this is all I'm, this is all we've been doing this for. This is, uh, mm. our entire existence has been for this moment. Yeah. And here it yeah. is. Hmm. Okay. I just think she might be a little rusty on uh, Romulan technology and battle techniques because she spent most of her time at Starfleet. But, but you know, maybe she's been doing some online learning. Uh, she's been, <laughs> you know, keeping up to date. <laughs> there are all kinds of ways to spend her off time. Yeah. Very Indeed. studious people the Romulans are. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what else? Anything else tonight? Um, <clears throat> well, I think I'll let the remaining folks, even if it's, I think it's just Lou, but either way, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I'll let everybody uh, finish up. I'm looking forward to the two follow-up episodes quite a lot, and uh, we'll have some, I think, interesting bits to throw in there. Yeah, but, yeah, for people who are watching right now and heard you say that, I, I've got some of my notes that I felt like were really season-wide notes, so I, I'm going to move some of those over to talk about uh, in the coming couple of weeks. So absolutely, because I, I think there are some big arcs to talk about here. Oh, yeah. Our overall, our overall impressions, for sure. Yeah. All right, All right. Ben. Well, both of you stay safe, and I uh, hope to see you again in a week. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later, Tom. You. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right. And then uh, wrapping up the show tonight. And thank you, everybody who has stayed a little late with us. I uh, really appreciate it. We've got Lou. Lou, welcome to the show. Hey, hey Lou. Lou. You I, uh, yes, ma'am. I uh, wanted to, to greet you from one Canadian actor to another. Awesome. <laughs> oh, and, and John, I, I yep. have a, a, a surprise gift here. Oh, oh, my. You can see. Uh, Rick is not in on the uh, on the joke. Most of the uh, uh, of the time that I call in, I don't wear pants. So this is just for you. <laughs> a couple of times I've called in eyes. completely naked. I, exactly, exactly. No, no, you feast your eyes. Yeah, no, feast, <laughs> feast your eyes. Okay. Uh, I guess wow. uh, sometimes they save the best for last, and sometimes it's just scraps. So I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm, um, I, 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 I loved anticipating uh, Picard. Oh, she hasn't seen my shirt yet. Trek trivia, sorry. Oh, wow, with your name on it, too. Yep, the last, wow. uh, the last hey. of it. I was, I was big at conventions. I used to be Canada's classic Trek expert. Wow, now, of right course, on. everybody out there is gonna throw me a question that I can't answer just out of spite. I know yeah. <laughs> They're but, already um, doing it in the chat. No. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, what's uh, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, how, how are we going to wrap this up about uh, the Picard finale? They tell they tell us as comics you don't want to follow a better comic, so you had to put me after the vice admiral. Right. Uh, I will. Okay. Let's let's talk about death. Um, hey. <laughs> I am yeah. not. I am not convinced. And I've I've forgotten her name already. Yeah, Narek's sister, the Romulan. Narissa. Narissa. Yeah. I am not convinced she's dead. She oh, had a great fall. Mm -hmm. We didn't hear a splat. We didn't see brain matter. We didn't see any <laughs> evidence of that. She could still be falling as we speak. We don't know how deep that ship <laughs> is or whatever. Um, yeah. 
but uh, there, there was, uh, there, so there's, there's that. I'm, I am looking forward to season two and I'm, I'm pressing my agent to try to get me an audition for it. I said, if you do nothing else, get me on to Picard. So I'm picturing a missing scene right now. Uh, (laughs) There was, it was seven with a rope, just like rappelling down, down, (laughs) down into that. And like it cut to like a shot of her boot kind of like tapping, make sure she dead. She dead. Wait, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, I I, I really, I feel, um, I I know that Peyton List is a good actor. Um, I felt like that character was extremely limited. And I understand the idea of, first of all, writers trying to break up sort of the, the pacing and the tone of a show. So if you're going to have, you know, your, your A plot will feel one way for the sake of texture, you want the B plot to feel another way. You don't want all the characters to be cut from the same cloth, and you want to throw the audience some curveballs. I, I get all of that. And probably the director thinking the same thing as well. We're Tonally, we're hitting one thing with, uh, with part of our show, so tonally, I want to change it for the other part of the show. I feel like this was a gross mismatch, though, and I feel like um, she and Narek sometimes. I think Narek was better as the show went on, and particularly in this last episode where there's a little, a little bit of redemption for him, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I just felt like it, it was an underused, underdeveloped uh, character for, uh, for Narissa, and it's really too bad. It, it's and really it, a shame. And you like know? you said, I don't, I, I mean, I, as, as an actor, I look to the, to the writing and the character development and whether it makes you care about the characters. And yeah. I didn't, I, I agree, I don't think that, that art could have been sustained. So yeah. death, death number yeah. two, um, yeah. I, and, and, and we read a few spoilers or, or speculations that if you, if you don't cry during this episode, you have no soul. And I mean, I cried during a Charlie Brown Christmas, so I figured better get out the Kleenex and all that. <laughs> but I did not believe when I saw it that Picard was going to be dead. Yeah. Uh, the, I did hear rumors that uh, that that um, Patrick Stewart wasn't going to return for season two. I I discounted that, but I heard them, uh, and so I felt that was to me that was sort of a cheat. But I'll tell you, he made a big mistake not getting into a into an android body. You take that in a second. We talked about that. <laughs> My God, I have a chance to be reborn. You give me this. <laughs> I, I will say this though. You know the the point in the episode. If we just talk about structurally how the show is done, the point mm-hmm. that you get in the episode where Picard quote unquote dies you still have maybe 15 minutes of show left, right? Yeah. So to me, it, it felt almost like, okay, we got that out of the way. We, we got this moment with Picard dying uh, in front of his friends now out of the way. So what are we going to do the rest of the show? Well, the what we got right. then was this really heartfelt, thoughtful, tender scene with Data and to me, so that is the point where I got choked up and having watched it now three times, each time felt the emotional weight of it. And I thought just stylistically, 
absolutely beautiful to cut back to data in that room, preparing himself. Oh yeah. Sitting, he's got the brandy, mm-hmm. he touches the pillow, he lays down, like all of that. I just talking about it now, I feel the hairs on my neck go back. Me too. Um, Me too. Right, right. Because it, yeah. it's just so it was lovely. It was a beautiful was, way to do that. And it was more about that than it was about Picard. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that, because that's what I was going to get to, to next, the, the, the data death. Now, yeah. I thought that what we saw, and I think you, you touched on this earlier, maybe Reka did, that, that data sacrificed himself in Nemesis. So yeah. what we were seeing was sort of an echo or a, 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 a carbon copy of, of data. So I didn't think that I would get so choked up to lose him in, in a sort of more final, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, more, more final pro- uh, procedure. On the other yeah. hand, what's to stop Picard or anybody else from replugging in his memory stick uh, with the giant flash drive that they just unplugged? I mean, it's, it's not so much a cheat. It's like they wanted to, 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 uh, to finalize that chapter. I just felt yeah. that it was already done. It was well done. I love Brent Spiner as an actor. I love Patrick Stewart as an actor. Um, but uh, I, 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 I felt that it was almost that at least, at least Star Trek fans or Star Trek D&G fans would have already figured we'd been there, done that kind of thing. I'm, I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm not trying to, 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 to diss the episode because this was the best episode of the season. There have been ups and downs, and quite frankly, we have trouble following a lot of it, and we don't watch it three times like you guys do. But um, <laughs> I was, I was moved by the, 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 the brilliance and the realness and the, the richness of that scene. I just thought okay, well, we're killing off another character, which I, I have a, a big problem with the, the series anyway. They've killed off like 15 characters that we bring back for 18 minutes and then, and then disappear from the, from the storyline. I have a problem with that. But well, just... but here's the, you, you mentioned Nemesis, though, and, and there was something very satisfying not not because we killed off a character twice, but mm-hmm. there's something very satisfying about this sort of very universal, very human thing that says like, oh, I didn't get to say goodbye. I yeah. didn't get to have the moment that I wanted to have. Yeah. And there is something really touching about this because let, let's face it, like a lot of people do not love Nemesis and I don't blame them. And a lot of people do not love how data died in nemesis and i don't blame them um and you kind of set it up with this cheesy b4 thing and they're like we could bring him back if we wanted to but it'll be like the dumber brother uh and none of that was very satisfying but there was something about this it just felt so genuinely emotional again not to serve data but to serve picard you know, so we, we got to sort of have it both ways. And, and I think it was a, a very, it was just, just a thoughtful way to do it. The, the other thing in here, though, that, that also got me emotionally, it wasn't just that scene, uh, but you have then the scenes with Picard and Soji 
where he's really trying to make this case for, yeah. you know, that this is who we are, that this is, this is what we do, and this is yeah. why these things are important. Like, all those I felt really, um, they really landed on the, uh, the, the, the heart of, of all of those scenes. It, it almost um, reminded anyway. me of, of his, uh, of his con confrontation with Q in Next Generation pleading for humanity's existence. It was very sure. heartfelt and yeah. he was speaking not just for himself, but for, uh, for all of us. Yeah. Um, go go ahead, Reka, you, it looked like you were gonna jump um, in there. Yeah, I was just gonna say too, uh, you know, for me, what was really um, deeply satisfying to my heart was, you know, that, thematically that that data is the heart of the whole series yeah and yeah. and he's a synth i'm sorry yeah. and he's yeah. a synth okay you just went out and he's the heart of it because he and that little thing that picard says at the end he says it says a great deal about the mind of data he could look at the human race with all its violence corruption and willful ignorance he could still see kindness, immense curiosity, and greatness of spirit. And he wanted more than anything to be a part of that. And I think that says, again, we, he, we talk a lot about choice in this final episode and, and our imagination and how we choose to see things. And there was this incredibly intelligent being, a synth, who chose to see the beauty and humanity, and he could see it all very plainly, all of our ugly parts, more than a human could see it. He's, you know, without bias was what the ability that Data had. And he loved and fell in love with the beauty of the humanity and that that is our choice to fall in love with the beauty of humanity every day and not focus on the ignorance and the corruption. Of course, those things need to be dealt with, but not to be beaten down by them, you know? That, you, you just did it, Reka. You, you just wrapped up the episode. You wrapped up the message. You just <laughs> did mission log. That means we have to end the show now. All right. So, uh, thank you, thank so, you Lou, both. I'm, I, it's an honor to be with you as, uh, as well as with Reka. I'm glad that we made the connection. And thank you for, for having me on this supersized version of Mission Log Live. It's a Mission Log Live XL edition. Thank you so much, Lou. Not Appreciate it. Guys. Take care. Uh, Rekha, so well said. That's, that, that, that was it. I mean, that, that is the moral meaning message in, in this episode. Yeah. Well done. Well said. Yeah. I, loved, um, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got choked up. I, I really did. More than once. Yeah. I sure. actually, this was the only episode that I literally couldn't take notes the first watch through. Yes, same. I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So good, right? Yeah, so All good. Right. All right, guys. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. That was fun. Thank you, Earl. Thank you, Reka. Thank you, everybody who let us go a little longer. And, and I see you guys saying, they, Carlos says Reka with the mic drop. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And I tell you what, you know, it, it wouldn't be Mission Log if you didn't do the, uh, the RPN promo. So I'll, uh, I'll just ask you to do that real quick, and then, yes. uh, and then I'll say goodnight. Absolutely. What, where are we? Uh, oh, it's somewhere in there in purple for you. <laughs> there it is. Purple. We 
John and Earl and I, we all thank you for joining Mission Log tonight. And we want to quickly remind you that Roddenberry Podcast Network has even more shows to interest you. Oh, sure. I mean, you already know about Mission Log and Mission Log Live, duh. But there are so much more to get you through the week because we know you're not doing much. Priority One Podcast, a magazine-style show featuring all the happenings in the Star Trek multiverse. You gotta join them for their live show Tuesday night. Tomorrow night, guess what you're doing? 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Women at Warp, love these ladies. I say the same thing every time, but I really love them. They're so good. It is Star Trek through a feminist lens. The Trek Files, your weekly deep dive into the Roddenberry Archive with Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Daily news. It is just like it sounds. It is your daily dose of Star Trek with all the news that fits into just 10 minutes. We know you have time for that. Finally, a science show that entertains as well as educates. Shabam! Shabam! Give them a listen. You can subscribe to all of them at podcast.roddenberry.com. Hey, before we say goodbye, uh, thank you to everybody who stayed with us and David for saying that we did this like a season finale, 83 minutes, a super duper one, 84 yeah. now. Um, and and Reka, uh, you're awesome. You're a great friend. You're uh, a wonderful co-host to have. I cannot thank you enough for having done this 10 weeks with me. Um, obviously, we will have to do something again sometime. Don't know what that is, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I've uh, had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for bringing me on board. Such fun. And with that said, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by the inimitable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, hey, that would be awesome of you. Give us a look at patreon.com slash missionlog. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later and stayed for the long haul. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We look forward to talking with you next week. Love you guys. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.